0: Greetings, people of God. This is the Cornerstone Podcast presented by Global Grace Ministries. I am Francis Wesso, the host of the podcast, and today we have an amazing episode for you. With me, I have Josiah Kitanga, one of the members of our board for Global Grace Ministries. He is also my friend, and he is a man of God. We are going to be sharing with you a couple of podcasts regarding questions and answers about the letters to the church, our last podcast that you heard. So I hope you enjoy it. And we are going to start right now. Josiah, how are you doing?
1: I am doing fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. Happy to have you with us for thank the first you time. for
1: having me. It's
0: not going to be the last time, but it's, it is the first time. <laughs> Thanks for having so, me. So, um, what do you think if we start right now?
1: Okay. All right. A couple of questions. My first question is Are the messages of Christ for the seven churches of the apocalypse for the converted? Or for the unconverted?
0: You know, Josiah, that is a question that I actually get all the time. And since Christ does not expect holiness, purity, or faithfulness from the unconverted church or people that are not Christians, it is clear from reading Christ's letters to the church in the book of Revelation that his message there is for the believers.
1: All right. So, knowing that now, what do the seven churches of the book of Revelation actually describe?
0: Each letter, my friend, describes the spiritual state of the church of Jesus Christ. And in fact, in my opinion, each letter is kind of like a description of the state of the church for each congregation that Jesus talks to. Got you. Like a report card.
1: Okay. Another question real quick. Do you think there is a mixture of each of these churches in the current church today? And if you do, could you explain why?
0: I do believe, you know, Josiah, that there is a mixture. And first of all, I want to say that when we say the Church of Jesus Christ, we're not talking about just a congregation within a city, but I'm talking about globally, the Church of Jesus Christ. I do believe there could be a mixture of all these seven churches because, for example, a group of people could be being persecuted right now for their faith. Another group of servants of God could be just walking along, happily serving God. And because we are all in different seasons, you know, and in different levels of maturity, some people could actually be losing their first love or dealing with sexual immorality. And all these things uh, were the things that the seven churches were dealing with. Now, it's important to know that there is always a remnant of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Bride of Christ, that will be in the church. But I do believe that we can find mixtures of all these churches, you know, all over the world in the church.
1: Can we find within the same congregation characteristics of the seven churches?
0: This is just my opinion, Josiah, Mm -hmm. but I think it is possible since believers live in different spiritual seasons and have different levels of biblical knowledge. I believe that some congregations can represent the seven churches. Like I said, some members of the congregation may be living in sins. Others may be persecuted for their faith. And even in the same congregation, some people might be really truly doing their best to serve the Lord. So I do believe that in one congregation, we can have representatives of all seven churches. Now, I think it'll be very hard to find all seven churches in one congregation, but I do think that we can find them.
1: Thanks. If Christ sees the church as lampstands, And God's people are the light of the world. How can we be light in a fallen world?
0: First, we have to accept that to be the light, we must be true followers of Christ because we cannot shine the light of Christ unless Christ truly lives in us. Through these letters, we realize that we can deceive ourselves, uh, we can deceive others, but the one person that we cannot deceive in regards to our present spiritual state is Jesus Christ. He does not shine in hearts that do not belong to him. Now, having said this, I think that the best way to shine the light of Christ in a fallen world is by preaching with our lives, living our faith among the people around us that do not know Jesus. We don't have to pour the gospel down their throat. But if we live in a way that represents Jesus Christ, they see the difference that Christ makes in our lives. You know, a lamp doesn't have to explain that it's shining. They just see the light in our lives. I have found that the best way of preaching is preaching with our lives, because eventually the people that see Christ in us will come and see also that the difference in our lives is Jesus Christ. What do you think?
1: I think that's a perfect answer, too. I do have another question for you, though. Okay. What good things did the Lord find in the church at Ephesus, and what did he have against them?
0: Christ told them that he knew their works. Their perseverance, the lack of tolerance they had for false apostles and their suffering in his name. However, he also had against them that they had abandoned their first love for him. Can you imagine that the Lord Jesus Christ comes to you and said, I know that you have done this, this and this, but I have something against you. I think it is a sad day when Jesus comes to us and tells us, I have this against you.
1: That is pretty sad. Um, How does somebody actually lose their first love for Christ?
0: That is a very good question because a lot of people do not know this. And obviously, I cannot give you an absolute answer, but I'm going to give you the best answer I can give you. And there can be many reasons why a believer can lose their first love. But the two that God gave me or the ones that God put in my heart were disappointment and greed. Because many times people come to the Lord for the wrong reasons. They don't come to the Lord because they know they're sinners or because they truly want a relationship with God. They come to the Lord because they want something from him. Mm -hmm. Like the prosperity gospel, for example, has caused a lot of people to come to church for the wrong reasons. And Josiah, unless you come to church looking to have a relationship with Christ, whatever reason that was that brought you to church... It's going to be the thing that is going to take you out of church. Correct. You know, if you come looking for power, because a lot of people, they may not have any influence in the world, and they find that they can have influence in the church. Mm -hmm. The moment they lose their influence, they leave the church because they didn't have a relationship with Christ. All they wanted was to be influential in the congregation. I've been in places where people did not know Christ, but they fought tooth and nails for titles. for seats in front of the congregation. So uh, the main reasons why I believe that people can lose their first love is greed and disappointment. Because if you think that God did not answer your prayer because he didn't give you exactly what you wanted, you're going to get disappointed.
1: You will absolutely get disappointed.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. How does an active Christian act in the church without a passion for Christ?
0: Sadly, it is Effortless to fall into a religious rut. We were just talking about no, it. We're just talking you about know, it. You know, many in the church, for example, continue to attend, give their offerings and tithe, and right. still work in churches, and not do it because the love they have for Jesus Christ, but they do it because it's something that they've always done, or they do it because their family does it. It
1: just becomes a custom for yeah, them. Yeah,
0: it's it's a routine, and right. you think that you are going to church because you love God. But in reality, people that do not pray, people right. that do not read their Bible, do you think that they love God? How can we say we love God if we don't like to talk to him?
1: And if we don't fellowship with them at all.
0: Yes. So, so. it is It is very easy to lose your first love and think that you haven't. But you come into this routine, you fall into this routine, and you think, I'm good. Right. Ephesus. There was a church that hated Wrong prophets. I mean, they hated wrong teachings, but they lost their first love. They were going to church. It just they were, a routine for yes, them. Yes, yes. Unless we are careful and unless we keep our relationship with Christ strong, it is very easy to lose your first love and not even know it.
1: So for the person who's in that place... What would you tell that person? I guess my question is is in two parts. Uh, First and foremost, how do you know if that is you who is just living a custom? And number two, how do you break out of that?
0: Listen, Mm. if you are listening to this podcast and this is the first time that you're listening to the podcast, I can guarantee you that this is no accident. The Mm. Holy Spirit was who brought you to this podcast and is what motivate you to listen to the podcast. So please, please, please do not hang up. Do not stop listening because I know that the Holy Spirit has a plan, but the Spirit of God will convict you. Mm. A lot of people think that when they read the message of Christ for these churches, They think that Jesus is talking to these churches out of wrath because he was mad at them. Right. But you know, no, his motivation was his love. And he tells them, you have lost your first love, but how do you fix it? He tells them, repent, go back and do what you initially used to do. Because Josiah, a lot of people come to church and they fall in love with Christ like I said, you know, they fall in love with Christ and right. they, they serve God at first from a right heart, from the good motivation. They want to know Christ. But it's when they get disappointed, when when they stop seeking God and the relationship stops being a relationship and becomes a routine, that's when they lose their first love. So what do they have to do? Repent. If God is talking to you, if he's convicting you and saying maybe you have lost your first love, Go back, repent, and go back to do what you used to do. Go back and read the Bible. Go back and start praying.
1: So on that note, Jesus told them to repent and then do what they did initially. Why is repentance necessary? And how do we know when someone has actually genuinely repented?
0: Okay, so we can speak about this subject for about two days, but I'm going to do my best, okay, <laughs> to just give you the best answer that I can give you. Right. Repentance is essential because there is no forgiveness of sin without it. A person who repents acknowledges his sin or her sin and cannot be forgiven without demonstrating conviction of his disobedience. How are we going to apologize for something if we don't feel guilty about it? How can we ask for forgiveness? You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Because I might feel that I did something wrong, but that feeling is not repentance. Repentance is the decision that I know that I failed God, that I missed that mark and that I am ready to turn back and never do whatever I did. You know what I mean? Yep. A true repentant heart also, Josiah, doesn't give God excuses. One of the things why David was mm. a man after God's own heart is because when he was found in sin, he didn't blame anybody. Saul, the first king of Israel, when he was found in sin and Samuel said, why didn't you obey God? Right. He started giving a list of a excuses, list of reasons why. you know, yeah. like Adam, you know, the woman you gave me, Yes. but David, he owned his sin and you can only fix, you know, my friends, what you own. If you so start true. giving explanation, excuses, or you start blaming others, you are not repentive. You feel bad about what you did, but you have not repented. And without repentance, there's no forgiveness of sin. Mm. Is that clear?
1: Yeah, that totally clears it up. According to Christ's message to the churches, who are the overcomers or who can we say are victorious?
0: You know, my friend, this is a very important question because sometimes we don't understand. And we think that because we serve God for 10 years of our lives and then we lost our first love, that at the end, God is going to say, I got you. Right. For 10 years, you were faithful. Right. But that is not what Jesus said to the churches. He said, the one that remains faithful until death or the rapture. Right. Because some people will not see death, but you have to remain faithful. You have to walk with Jesus Christ until you die. It doesn't matter if you serve 25 years and then all of a sudden you backslid and you live in sin the rest of your life. It matters that you finished. The race, those are the victorious ones.
1: Thank you for clarifying that. Um, I don't know whether we have time to actually tackle this, but there is um, there's there's probably one um, one question that's always been in contention of if we can lose our salvation. Um, Don't know if we'd like to talk a little bit about that here, but um, I just thought I'd bring that up because of what you said about who are the overcomers. (laughs)
0: Josiah and I actually speak a lot about this because he's part of a generation or um, he's been to a lot of churches and knows a lot of people who really are confused about this subject. I would say you think that that's a good term, confused? That
1: that is completely accurate. And and also, too, one of the reasons why we've talked about it is because some churches we've attended— Um, actually speak, actually preach this, that you cannot lose your salvation. So, yes, that's a very accurate way of saying it.
0: If you read the seven letters to the churches, five of those letters are very clear. And Jesus basically warns them that unless they repent, unless they repent, basically they are not going to enter the kingdom of God. So if Jesus is telling these people this, it's clear that there is ways that you are not going to enter the kingdom of God. Now, what I always talk with Josiah is that people talk about their salvation as something that they can gain or they find and lose. And the thing is that our salvation is is not a thing. Our salvation is Christ. It is. Because he is the door that takes us to God. If we are in Christ, if we walk with Christ, if we are in the vine and we remain in the vine, we are saved. But the Bible is very clear. Those that do not remain in the vine will be cut and those will suffer eternal damnation. And a lot of people are sitting in churches, living in sin, thinking that they are saved when they've never been saved. So in a short answer, can your entrance to the kingdom of God be lost? Yes, Mm. because if you backslid, if you stop walking with Christ and since he is your salvation, yes, you will not enter the kingdom of God because a lot of people think, oh, they do miracles. Mm -hmm. But what does the Bible say? They will do miracles. But at the end, I will tell them, I do not know you.
1: I do not know you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the first part of questions and answers regarding the seven churches. Please don't miss the next episode in which we will continue with the questions and answers regarding this series. If you have any questions about our ministry, please visit globalgraceministries.com. Thank you and God bless you.